The Stage Door Show. Celebrating the independent artist. With your host, Dave Hondell. Hi everyone, welcome to The Stage Door Show. Tonight, this is Dave Hondell. Tonight, my guest, I am so excited to have her on the show. She's an iconic actress, producer, writer, director in Hollywood, and she's had such a great career over the several decades here. And I, I couldn't be more happy to have her on the show. You've seen her on Renegade, Halloween 4, Silk Stockings, Bride of Reanimator, That Thing You Do, and so many more. Uh, so welcome to the show, Miss Kathleen Kinmont. Thanks for being with us, Kathleen. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. And I know you have a new movie out that came out on Christmas called Kangaroo Kids uh, with your friend Branscombe Richmond. And we just had him on the show and his son, uh, Fideye. Uh, the other day, and and uh, I saw the film. It was great. I I really enjoyed your performance. I enjoyed the whole movie and and uh, everything that went uh, in inside of it. And it's nice because you know it's a family film, and uh, you know I I like I, you know I think we need more family films right now. So it's great. Uh, so you know we're gonna start out with that. So what what was your experience like uh, on that uh, the film that just came out? Well, um, you mentioned the two people that really brought me on, obviously Branscombe, who I've known since Renegade and who I've loved you know, for decades and uh, has been a great friend and has brought me on to do several other projects, but the opportunity to work with his son, Firey, who I've known since he was nine years old was wow. like- <laughs> On the set, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I'm a second generational uh, actor as well. So it it is great to see, you know, the circus performers still continuing on with what their parents taught them yeah. and kind of following in the footsteps and in other genres, you know, like Five Eyes, you know, he just stepped right into behind the camera, which is so cool. And yeah doing it for a while and this was a, a really great opportunity to be given this feature and he was so wonderful with everybody but especially the kids yeah because they're i mean the kids are so wonderful in this film and i that was the one thing that i was my big takeaway is that you know they're all just incredibly talented and the young actress who plays johnny um uh, Josefina Pena, she, you know, it's just really great to see young talent and being, you know, brought into the scene by young talent, you know, everybody's really promoting and supporting. And that was really neat to be a part of that. And I, you know, I loved playing um, a mom. I am a mom. I have a 19 year old daughter who is a dancer. And she is um, currently at AMDA, and, which is the American Musical yep. Dramatic Academy. So that's yeah. basically like fame goes to college. Right? Yeah, <laughs> My brother was in the TV show Fame. He was a sideline musician back in the day of, you know, Debbie Allen and, and that great TV show. So, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's great to just see artists supporting artists and people just still doing it and, you know, really taking it to another level and stepping out of his comfort zone in Hawaii and going into Kentucky and filming the, the show there and bringing his, his core people and, and trusting people that he's been friends with and knows. And so I just felt really honored to 
be a part of it. I got to tell you, just a tremendous uh, performance on your part and and everybody. And you mentioned the, the kids and, you know, you started your career since you really were born. I mean, really, I mean, you've been you've been in the industry because your mother, obviously, too. Um, Abby Dalton and and your father, I believe, was also in the industry, correct? Uh, no, he he was always very famous, <laughs> <laughs> but he um, he was not in the entertainment industry. He was an electrician. Well, he was an electrical businessman. He owned an electrical distributing company, but. Uh, he was he was that guy that my mom always said no matter where they were anywhere in the world he was the one that would run into an old friend and you'd hear Jack from like the <laughs> airport <laughs> she'd be like hey I yeah. thought I was a celebrity but no he was always the famous guy but yeah I I grew up in um, a really great part of LA which is Toluca Lake and oh, yeah. um, so you we were just always surrounded by celebrities, really, you know, Gary Marshall, Frankie Avalon, you know, we, we were in the same genre or just the same neighborhood really is what it was. And so I just kind of grew up with it. I never really thought it was that big of a deal when I was a kid. It wasn't until I really got into the business and saw how unique and um, really lucky that is to be around it. It doesn't guarantee you a career. Right. For sure. What what it does guarantee you a career is how much you want it and yeah. how much you're willing to go for it. And, you know, regardless of how many times you hear the word no or or nothing. Right. Yeah, nothing is even worse. <laughs> These days. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah, no I know that a lot of our listeners, you know, we we talk about that a lot. You know, you're gonna hear no way more than you hear yes, even if you're in the business, you know, it, it's when you're not working, you're unemployed. I mean, that that's a, the life of an actor. And uh, regardless of what you've done today, tomorrow doesn't guarantee you another job. And, uh, you know, so that's well said. You know, that's one thing I, I, you know, with all of our new listeners out there, new actors and even singers, whatever you do, you know, you just got to keep grinding, right? You got to keep going after it. And if you really love it, then it, you, you do it for for free. If you could do it for free and get paid for it at some, at some point, I mean, that's what it's all about. You're doing your passion. Right. And that's, this is a, a, a business that is really based on that. And it's based on sheer determination of how much you're willing to go and, and show up for. Because people get discouraged and, and that's normal. That's a natural thing. But that for me, my, I've made my rejection into my rocket fuel. Yeah. Because it's really, you know, it it you can't you can't predict what's going to happen, but you can determine how you're going to respond to it. And I do my best just to be like next, you know, in this day and age where we are given the opportunity to do self tape. The only bummer about self tape is that you don't get immediate direction while you're doing it. But in those days, in those rooms, you only probably got maybe two goes at it. Like sometimes just one crack at it and you're out the door and then right. you're just pounding your steering wheel all the way home. But um, these days, you know, you're given the opportunity with time and, and filming it yourself and getting it the way you want it. So for me, I'm like, when I send it off, it's 
it's done. And I don't really think about it anymore because it, it was truly my best effort. Yeah. But I also think that there's a lot of luck involved. And if you don't really kind of set yourself up for something else to do, if the luck isn't there and having something else as a plan B so that you don't always feel so desperate about every single job and so torn up about every single loss. Yeah. Then, you know, you have something else to fall back on. I mean, that's what I really love about AMDA is that their theory is that the entertainment industry is 10% talent and 90% business. Right. Have your business so down, like that you, you know how to budget, you know how to live the life of an artist, which is hand to mouth usually, yep. usually always. Um, but, you know, if you're still, if you can, still do it and you're doing what you love and you're doing your passion then who cares right i mean yeah you know one other thing i was going to mention that that you you know you're saying you're maybe pounding your your drive your your steering wheel all the way home have you ever had an audition where you just thought oh my gosh i blew it i'm never going to call back and then you end up getting the job have you ever had a situation like that yes i have had that where i thought it was just the worst ever and then i got the call and then I've had the worst ever and I didn't get the call. <laughs> so yeah, I've had both. I've definitely experienced um, like, oh my God, that was so cringe. And then, you know, yeah. on your way to wardrobe and you're like, God, do I have to do what I did in there to, to want to fix it? <laughs> well, I know the horror fans out there, you know, remember you from Halloween 4. Uh, the return of Michael Myers. And, you know, talk about that experience. You know, how, how did that audition go, first of all? And second of all, how was the experience on making that movie? The audition process was pretty straightforward. Um, I think I only went in once, maybe twice. I, I, it was a while ago. It was 40 years ago. So I still, I, I don't really remember that part. But yeah. I mean, I re really remember the filming because the location was fantastic. And you know, that always helps to have a really cool location. And yeah. I remember getting there and Mike Lookinland was the uh, groundskeeper. And oh, yeah, from, uh, Mike Lookinland was, yeah, Bobby yeah. Brady from the Brady Bunch. And yeah. I was kind of like, wow, you can do other things other than just being an actor. You can step <laughs> into, you know, other crew member jobs. And I think it was like, you know, he was living in Utah and had a, made his money and just wanted to still be a part of it. But that's great. I remember how he was blowing those leaves. They were so perfectly placed and he really yeah. knew how to do it. And I mean, when you look at that film and just, I mean, because people watch these films multiple times. Oh yeah. Still to this day. So, yeah. yeah. So when you see certain things like the certain you know, movement of a leaf, you can know that that was Bobby Brady in charge. <laughs> That's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. But I mean, I loved working with Donald Pleasant. We didn't have any scenes or anything, but I did get to pick his brain because I was 19 at the time and yeah, already in acting class. So I already knew who he was and I knew that he was like the actor. On right. The <laughs> right. Awesome. Yeah. He was really, really friendly and, I asked him a few acting questions and he 
just spoke and I, I don't even remember what the questions were or the answers. Just remember listening to him with that accent and thinking, yeah. wow, he sounds so important right now. I know what he's <laughs> saying is really valid, but I'm not taking it. <laughs> yeah. Have you, um, have you, have you seen it? I mean, obviously uh, the, the years that you've been in the business, have you seen a huge difference having, you know, just a few networks when you started on TV and then, you know, obviously, you know, um, there was, you know, obviously you had to go to the theater to see a, to see a big screen movie. And now there's hundreds of streaming services on, you know, TV. Uh, and there's, you know, a lot of, in fact, a lot of the movies are streaming now before, you know, before they even go to the theater sometimes. So what do you, what are your thoughts on that evolution over the years? Because you've been part of that whole thing. So when you first started to now, I mean, it, it, it does just blow your mind what, where we are now. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's like watching, you know, probably what the valley looked like um, seventy years ago, right? The Southern California Valley when it was all, or ninety years ago when it was just all orchards and and wide open space, and a train ran through it, and you know, Hollywood yeah. was starting to get in, you know. Progress is great. I love progress. I I accept that everything changes. And I also accept that everything is connected. And paying attention to what's out there right now is overwhelming. But there's so much great programming. And I think that Anything that's good is going to find its its way to the airwaves, which is really great for the independent producer. Yep. It's really great for the people that don't have the opportunity to get their shows on network TV. And it doesn't even guarantee that network TV is going to be better than what HBO or Amazon or Netflix or Hulu or Sunstream right. is yep. playing. That's so. Right. I think that, yay, more opportunity, yay, more job creation, yay, yeah. more revenue, yay, more entertainment. Like for for us now, the average viewer um, programming is like walking into a library. You're never going to be able to read all these books, right. but you can certainly pick and choose the one that you want to engage with and and celebrate that and tell your friends about that you know like i told my boyfriend last night when we were falling asleep i'm like we watch so much intense violent action stuff at night can we please watch a comedy <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, the same way I'm a, I'm a horror fan but i like to watch comedy to kind of rejuvenate that you know that happy part of me and my my brain we need to laugh yeah. We need to laugh as a species. It's it's part of our, um, you know, cleansing. It's really healthy for your body. It's it's, it's good for your serotonin levels. It's it's vital. We need it. So we yeah, watched Dave Chappelle last night, and man, it was like I was like, wow, I got exactly what I wanted. I wanted to <laughs> laugh. It's great. But when would you be able to do this twenty years ago, where you're just like, yeah, I want to watch. Something. Hmm. You got to go to Blockbuster and, and rent right. a VHS. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, it's 9.30, babe. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, and now we're just like, wah, wah, That's wah, it. Wah. Yeah. 
seconds you're, you're there. Yeah. It's uh, a luxury to have this much. So um, with that being said, you know, with all the different, you know, uh, programming that's on, which is great for if you're an actor or entertainer, uh, sometimes it gets overwhelming. If you're a, <laughs> or a viewer, like you said, you have to pick and choose what, what you're going to, you know, uh, latch on to. So, you know, I know that kind of goes into, you know, uh, being familiar outside, I guess, on the streets or somebody recognizing you if you're on like um some, you know, a network that maybe isn't like one of the more popular ones, but you're, you're doing great work. That's the other thing I tell my actors. It's like, it's not about being famous. It's about enjoying what you do and doing your art and doing your craft and uh, enjoying it, being good at it, you know, do it for yourself, you know, do it for your, your inner being, you know, don't do it to be famous. And that's, I think what the mis a mistake that a lot of people make is they want to be famous, but sometimes that has a dark side to it as well. Right. Well, there's a, you're absolutely right. There are two ways to manifest. There's an egocentric way, and then there's a soul-centric way. And the egocentric way is kind of, it kind of squishes you a little bit in your, you know, even when you think about it, like, I need to lose 20 pounds. You know, just saying that just sucks. You yeah, know? right. I mean, it just sounds like a drag already. But if you come at life saying, I'm fit, vital, and healthy, now you're projecting that. And that's already what you are anyway, because you're here. If you're able to say anything, you're already ahead of the game. Right. So I don't know. I, I think you're right about that um, angle and, and, and approach because it's it doesn't work that way. It, it really doesn't. And, and even seeking that fame, there's a lot of hardship that comes with that. I mean, yeah. it's kind of great being an actor that, that works and somewhat recognizable, but not burdened by it. I mean, right. I can do whatever I want in life. There's no big deal for me. I mean, once in a while, I'll get recognized, but it's never... I mean, I, I'm aspiring to be a regular on a television show again. That's that's my goal. That's right. my intention. And I'm doing it because I love to work. I love to bring entertainment. I love to have a regular job. It brings financial freedom. It brings, you know, other people can count on me. You know, it's like I'm a good person to hire because I show up and I do my best. And yeah. you know, like I want to bring that to somebody's production. Like you won't have to worry about me. I'm not a pain in the ass. And <laughs> yeah, you know, right. and that's that's why Branscombe keeps hiring me. Yeah, right. You know, because when you start bringing in your friends, it can get a little dodgy. Right. You know, it, it can really kind of boomerang in not a good way. So. It's nice to have that that feeling of no, I, like you said, like this is something I'm good at. This is something I love, right. and this is something I want to keep giving of myself because they are five a.m. call times, and you do wrap at nine o'clock at night. Yeah, film work, any kind of any of it, videos, music videos, commercials, television, film. I mean, they are all like, say goodbye to your day. It's, yeah. You don't get there and go, so when am I going to be leaving? You get yeah. there and go, I'm here until we wrap. Yeah, there's a lot of hurry up and wait. Uh, 
you know, I know when I've been on sets, it's been all day long. And, you know, for our listeners out there that think it's glamorous, it's, uh, it's anything but for the most part, uh, you know, obviously, you know, it's, it's, uh, spiritual when you see your performance on screen and you knocked it out of the park. I mean, there's nothing better, uh, but there's a lot of work that goes into that. And I think a lot of people that want to get into the industry don't realize that end of things. And they think it's, it's glamor and, you know, and, and, um, you know, glitz and glamor and all that. It's, it's really not. And, you know, I think that turns people off sometimes, but you got to go into it with knowing that, that you're going into it for the right reasons that you love it and that you're, you're a creative person and that, uh, you know, you work your butt off to get to where you are. And if you, if you have that right attitude and, you know, people, you treat people on set the right way, they treat you the right way. There's nothing better. I, I think, and, uh, that's my opinion. Agreed. It's such a collaborative uh, putting paint on a canvas as a group. And and it's, you know, you can't paint over somebody else's paint and you want to support that color they chose. (laughs) You want to be that, that collaborative team person because you want them to have your back as you have theirs. And it's a supreme game of trust and and even even when it does come time for those red carpet moments that look really glamorous and you're showing up to see your movie for the first time you're you know pretty much scared shitless because you don't know how it's going to end up and you're you're hoping that the good stuff remains and that the bad stuff got carved out and that you know, if there wasn't a performance on set that maybe the editor was able to carve one out and the sound guy was able to, you know, bump up the levels of your voice and the music guy was there to create some more emotion. I mean, there's so many components that you have nothing to do with once you drive away. <laughs> your creative your part is done. And then your you part is done. On 20 other people to do their part, right? You're praying to God that they do their part. Exactly. Yeah. And that everybody is, you know, still friend uh, still friends at the end of it. Yeah. It doesn't always work that way either. Yeah, right. That's Same true. where, you know, before the movie even wraps, people are yeah. Friends. So, you know, it's a lot humans, of egos. Right? You're going to get along with some and not others. Yeah, but you want to get along with the with as many as you can and you know because in this industry people go from PA to producer in lightning speed yeah and who was below you before is now your boss so it's there's no there's no set of rules in this industry um my younger brother John Smitty Smith (laughs) is a uh, now the um, director of Warner Brothers um, Studio Operations, and he started as a second, second AD on second unit on Renegade. That's just a perfect, perfect example of how you can, if you do things the right way, you can rise up quickly in this industry. And, uh, you know, with that being said, you know, with all the stuff that you've done and all the sets you've been on and, you know, directing, producing, writing and, and acting, you know, what's that one thing that you look back on and makes you smile? What's that one thing that you remember through all the years? Is there one thing that you look back on that just have this great uh, memory of? 
I would say that thing you do is such a fond, fond moment because Tom Hanks called me up on the phone and said, will you be in my movie? <laughs> and, you know, that's <laughs> first he had to say, hi, this is Tom Hanks. Yeah. You be in my movie? It was really, really like, Please, like you just kind of going, oh my gosh. I mean, I already loved him so much as an actor. And then to be in his first writing, directing, and I don't think he's done it since. He hasn't written or directed anything since. I think it was maybe like, well, I did it and that was great. (laughs) Yeah. Check. Tried it once, yeah. (laughs) Um, And that was just really awesome. I mean, you know, everything I did on Renegade, especially because – of all the personal stuff that was going on amidst doing that show, I really found out what I was capable of, you know, to be able to set personal stuff aside and be able to come in and do a job and, and, um, and enjoy it. You know, it wasn't like I was pretending to, you know, want to be there. I really wanted to be there and, and they made it available for me. And, you know, working with Stephen Cannell was just amazing. He was so, so gracious, so down to earth, just a beautiful human being. And we just did this beautiful memorial tribute that Branscombe Richmond has um, produced. And I'm really excited to see how that turns out because they brought everybody that's I mean, as many people as they could gather that ever worked on a Stephen Cannell show. Wow, that'd be great. I can't wait to see that. Is is it going to be for public viewing or? Oh, yes. I think it will be on Sunstream. Okay, good. Yes. And just so everybody knows, Sunstream, S-U-N-N, Stream, uh, is an app that you can actually put on your phone. And it's also on uh, on your TV as well. And and that's where uh, Kangaroo Kids is streaming exclusively. Uh, right now. And and there's also great other programming on there. So please uh, pull that up because I think, um, you know, I pulled it up immediately and watched the movie and there's some great stuff on there and and the quality, the production quality is so amazing. Uh, so please pull that up and uh, and see, uh, you know, Kathleen and Branscombe and everybody else that was in part of that uh, great production. Um, you know, the other thing before we go, I, you know, I wanted to um, you know, ask you, you know, your advice, any kind of advice you give our, our listeners. I always like to have the celebrities, you know, kind of uh, talk about something from their own experience that either they did and they wish they didn't or they didn't and they wish they did, uh, you know, throughout your career. So what kind of advice can you give our listeners? You know, I, I've taken a lot of headshots through the years. And I I remember just bringing in so many clothes and not really being specific about anything. And I recently, over the last five years, I've given this advice to a lot of my actor friends, especially people that are just starting out and talking about headshots. And and here's, here's how it goes. You choose somebody who's within your age range and likeness that you love and is crushing it right now so for me i would i I would pick like robin wright Mm -hmm. or um uh we'll just go with her so i pulled all of robin's like 
most recent art, all of her, you know, great photographs that she has. And I would take like five or seven of those favorite pictures that I liked and, and have things that I liked about it, the hair or the, the makeup or the, the outfit or the background or the body language or just the vibe, the emotional content that was going on in her face. And then I would recreate that for myself. Okay, great. In any kind of recreation, there's always going to be something different about it, right? right? Because it's good to be you, number one. But at least you're coming in with, well, here's here's my three outfits. These are the, the, the three things that I'm going to replicate. But here's all of my characters that I'm right for. Like oh, for me good. at my that's age, good. I'm like yeah. right, to play the principal or the the CEO or something. So that's kind of like a corporate thing. But then, you know, within that same corporate idea or not having to be in that court, I can also be the mom. I can yeah. also be the girlfriend or the mistress. But it's like I create something in my mind within this outfit and background and idea. And now I'm creating a character. So here's my cop, you know, my, my, but my friendly cop or my right. cop, it's like the bad cop. Here's my good cop. Here's my bad cop. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's the specificity that is so vital in certain things for an actor, especially in a headshot, because that is your first introduction to this casting director's eyes and they look at them on a thumbnail, basically. Yep. And they have to be professional because professional shots say you give a shit and you're, yep. you're investing in your career. It's a financial investment that says, I'm serious about this. It's a first impression that the casting directors have, right? I mean, it's- Oh, absolutely. Oh, it, yeah. And it may be the only one. Right, Because correct. if they see a backyard photo, that somebody snapshotted with their iPhone and, you know, on the chairlift up in Mammoth, it's, it's not a professional shot. It's a snapshot. Yep. This doesn't say I'm a professional, serious actor, yep. you know, and I'm going to show up as such when you hire me because I've been investing in this career, you right. know, all the celebrities you see, all that great art that we see, those are professional photographers. Right. They didn't pay for them, but they somebody did. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, the magazine that hired the photographer to shoot the famous person. Yeah. Okay, so all that art looks amazing because it was done by a professional photographer. And so, by the way, that photographer gave a shit at what they did too. You know, so it's a, it, they're professionals as well. So when you correct. hire a professional, it's it's their name on the line for that picture. Uh, so, right. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. It's their name underneath the photo, generally. Yeah. That's why when you see an Annie Leibovitz photo, it's going to have her name on it, but you're going to know it's her photo, by the way, the photo. Right away, yeah. Just by the artistic value. Exactly. The lens, the lighting. Now, look, you can do everything outside and use all natural lighting, but use a professional photographer who has a professional lens who knows how to make it look great because it's shadows and light, my friend, and it is what's going on in the eyes. That's it. Yeah. Shadows and light and what's happening in the eyes. And if you look blank and vague and you're just taking like, this is me smiling, 
nobody's going to care. Right. But if you have something seriously going on in that brain where like, there's nothing more interesting than watching an actor think, but like a real actor thinking about, you know, it's that to me is like, this is going to be your first step in the door. And, you know, obviously headshots really important, but nothing will ever trump the value of class and study and knowing your craft before you do any of it. But once you, once you do start going to class and start hitting those boards and start getting those nerves out and getting comfortable being in front of people and learning lines and making choices and taking criticism and not imploding, but just going like, oh, okay, so that's how you want me to do it next. All right. You know, being pliable, learning how to not take it so freaking personally, you right. know, but just like taking it in and absorbing the new direction and being able to to do it like we can all do that we're all follow directions bake a cake drive to a new location it's the same thing so i think that you know those are two those are my two strongest things because you know people waste a lot of money on headshots but if you have a specific game plan like a shot list like the way a director would approach his day they don't just go, okay, well, here's the script. What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? You know, no, <laughs> they're heavily prepared. They yeah. don't waste a second. And I'll tell you what, if you show up to a photographer and you're like, this is what I want to do. And you have those pictures on your phone, you're like this one, this one, this one, this one, that one. This is what we're kind of going for. We'll see what we get. Just having the template of a game plan. Oof, like the, the guesswork is gone. And now you can create and be spontaneous and, you yeah. find something that that wasn't happening in a Robin Wright photo, but like I brought something new to the yeah, same something new, a new twist to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great advice. Um, per, I, I, that's the first time anybody's ever out of 185 episodes said that, but it's so important. The headshots. I'm glad you mentioned that because it's such a big deal. And you know, I've been I you know was, I directed music videos, and all I had to go on was was people's headshots. And so I doing my, did my own casting as an indie director. And if I didn't have a good headshot, I, I wouldn't know what this person could do on film, you know, just, just from a still. So it was, it's, it's so important. And, and like you said, you know, just, uh, just go, you know, going in prepared. I think that's the other thing is just to be prepared. Uh, it shows that you're professional, shows you care about it. So that's a tremendous advice that you gave. So thank you. And I know our, our listeners, thank you as well. Um, I want to ask you it's something I ask everybody, but uh, what do you want your legacy to be, Kathleen? What do you want uh, people to think about uh, when it's all said and done about uh, Kathleen Kinmont? That's such a great question. Wow. <laughs> uh, I guess the first thing that I would want to think is that she was kind, that I'm kind and I care. And, uh, you know, that I showed up. And that I was generous, that I was a good listener, that I was fun to, you know, work with. I guess that, that would be enough. And that I was a great mom. I guess that would be the <laughs> 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 A mom that's, that. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, incredible. Um, love to hear that. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, that's, that, that, that's one one thing I, I've always, you know, was curious about how everybody wanted to be remembered, 
And, uh, you know, as I think we all think about that at some point. And uh, so that's that's tremendous. And I appreciate that. Um, you know, Kathleen, thank you for taking the time to be on my show. I really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, the, the new movie Kangaroo Kids is out, uh, came out on Christmas. So everybody listening, make sure you go on to Sunstream, S-U-N-N Stream. Check out Kangaroo Kids. Uh, Kathleen's performance was amazing, as was everybody's. Like she mentioned, the kids and everybody that was in the movie and Branscombe and everybody else. And, and uh, you know, just best of luck with that and anything in the future. I know you have some other things um, on the horizon. Is there anything you can talk about that you have coming out? I do. Actually, there's a movie that I just finished with uh, Kristana Loken called Vice and Virtue. Kristana is the, um, the female Terminator from T3. And this is something that she produced from her company. And we play sisters. Nice. And it's just a really far out there, uh, wildly, um, just a really unique story. And yeah. So that should be out soon. I don't know what platform that will be on yet, but I'll definitely let you know. Yeah, let me know so we can put it on our, our uh, social media. Uh, you know, and, and um, you're always welcome back on the show, Kathleen. And I really appreciate you again, you being on and, and uh, welcome back anytime. And can't wait to hear about, you know, your, your new film coming out. Uh, so thanks again for, uh, for being with us and Happy New Year. Thank you so much, David. Happy New Year to you too.